Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hey everyone, uh, before we get going with today's episode, I just want to let everybody know that I'm working on getting together Mike and Pedro's EPROM and programming class uh, here in the Twin Cities, Minnesota area. This would be the first weekend in June, June 3rd and 4th. This is a two-day hands-on class where you get to use the tools, solder to the boards, change out EEPROM chips. Uh, I've personally taken this class. It's fantastic. You learn a ton. You get to use the tools that you might be considering purchasing before you purchase them um, and learn an enormous amount of stuff about what's going on inside of the computer and how we can uh, profit from that as well uh, by fixing, cloning, repairing some of these dead modules. So if you want to know more details on this class, check out episode 71 of this podcast. I had Mike and Pedro come on and explain exactly what it is, but you could probably talk to anybody who's taking it, um, and they always have great things to say. Uh, It was one of the most talked about classes at Vision Kansas City just recently. So if you're interested in coming to this class, first weekend of June, 2022 that would be the third and the fourth of june in the twin cities minnesota reach out to me either through email or facebook and i'll get you on the list all right with that out of the way let's jump into the episode hey what's going on automotive world welcome to another episode of the automotive diagnostic podcast my name is sean tipping and i'll be your host for today's episode joining me on the show this week is brian mann Brian is out of Cleveland, Ohio, where he runs a mobile diagnostic and programming business. He's been doing this for a long time. Uh, He's actually been on the show once before on an episode with Tommy. Uh, But Brian's going to sit down with me today uh, to talk about a lot of the things that he runs into out in the field. So we were talking about scan tools, diagnostics, challenging vehicles, and a little bit about work-life balance and how we try to navigate that on top of everything else. We're also going to reference Brian's website and YouTube channel. Uh, We'll be talking about a broken Jeep, and there's a video that you can check out. I'll have the link in the show notes to his YouTube channel, but he also runs a training website, handsonautotraining.com. So I encourage you to check that out if you haven't already. He's got really great content on there. The link to that website will be in the show notes as well. But really enjoyed getting to talk to Brian, and hopefully you'll enjoy this conversation as well. Um, But what I was getting at is uh, just lately it's been, ever since I got back from Vision, I've been playing catch up because, of course, I had uh, gotten back a day late. (laughs) You know, everybody had trouble getting home that day. And uh, I tell you what, uh, I've been running hard for like ever since uh, I got back. What is it? That was the seventh, I think, or uh, yeah, the eighth I got back. So, um, you know, put me back to work on the ninth or whatever, um, you know, back in the swing of things. So I've just been running hard, man, and a lot of trouble cars. I mean, just one one tough one after another. And I, I carry that around like a weight in my head. I did this when I worked at a shop. I still do it now. When I have a problem car, 
you know, I go to sleep thinking about it. I wake up thinking about it. I wake up in the middle <laughs> of the night thinking about it. I'm like, oh man, what didn't I do? What could I have done different or what am I missing? You know? Um, so that's kind of been how a lot of stuff's been lately. So just running hard, I guess call it borderline burnout. But then I looked and I talked to my wife and we're planning a vacation because I was like, well, yeah, when was the last time I took a vacation? We went camping for like a three day weekend, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. I, and I think in uh, June of 2020, we took a vacation. Uh, so it's like, yeah, I think I'm due. I'm ready yeah. for a break. I mean, it's, it's funny you say that. I was thinking about that the other day that, I was like, when's the last time that I went on a legitimate vacation, you know, where it's like a week long thing somewhere. And it was, it was actually 2020 in March, like as COVID was dropping on the world, I was in uh, Florida and like all the sports teams are shutting down and it's getting all weird. And I'm on the beach in Florida. That was the last time I went on a legitimate vacation. And like you say, I've been like some weekend stuff and training events and I've almost kind of like considered my training events, like little vacations, but I was like, that's as, as fun as it is, as much as I like, um, you know, going to those things, I'm like, yeah, I should, I should dedicate some time to actually, (laughs) you know, going somewhere that doesn't involve work or anything, you know, I think, uh, you know, that goes to that whole mental health thing. It it is important to take a break. And, um, I do have, uh, I guess what you call, I forget what it's called, an addictive type of personality. Like if I want to learn something, I will get every book I can on it. I'll watch videos. I'll do whatever for, I just dive in head over heels on stuff. And um, that's just how my personality always has been. And I'm kind of like that with anything I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, you know, I think it's got its good things, but also the bad things. I, I take that with me all the time. So it's very important to unplug and I'm going to be doing that. Uh, I was looking for a division thinking in my head, Hey, this is vacation. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you get there and I mean, your brain is just filling up and uh, yeah. it just doesn't stop, man. I mean, it's, it's an awesome, uh, uh, input overload, I guess you'd call it, but it, it's fantastic. Good stuff. Um, but you end up, uh, kind of coming back, kind of drained a little bit. I mean, you come back refreshed, yeah you know, kind of pumped up to put some, uh, new skills to the test and try some new stuff out. Um, speaking of, if you don't mind me telling you what I've done, I got the Subaru CD from, uh, uh, Scott Shockton and Leo's class. Um, so I'll be ready to program a Subaru when one calls this time to do nice. an update per se. And, uh, I got that, uh, AccuReader tool from, um, uh, I, I think they were talking about in a locksmith class we were in, mm-hmm. uh, about popping a GM lock cylinders. I got to try it out that out. Actually, it was late last oh. night. I did a locksmith job and boy, that was nice on 11 terrain, just broke into the car, popped the cover off, no screws, popped that little tool in there. Ignition lock cylinder pops out, put the key code in the machine. I mean, it's like, oh, that's, no that's kidding. how you do it. Now we're talking. So uh, that was like, it was like a little hook thing, right? A little hook that goes into the hole that you'd usually rotate the lock cylinder to push, push down on a pin. This yeah, fits no- in a hole. And you rotate the tool kind of to get underneath where that uh, the oh. thing is. So it gets in there and pops a tab, slides the cylinder right out. I was like, wow, that's cool. Because so. no- normally, <clears throat> you just, for anybody listening, you have to have the key in the ignition and you have to rotate it to either the run or the start position and then go in with a pick and depress the little, the little button. And then you can slide the lock cylinder out with the key. But if you don't have the key, this tool gets around it? Yes. Yep. Okay. Not, I don't know if it's for all... I mean, there's, I bought the four piece kit or whatever, but, uh, 
you know, it's just nice going to vision. I mean, I, I learned about that. I've seen that tool on all the locksmith, you know, wholesaler websites that I go to. I buy keys. I do stuff like that. But uh, I don't usually buy something until I'm sure it's going to uh, make me money because I have a lot of stuff that I bought that <laughs> is not making me money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I've been there too. <laughs> so I, I've been trying to, you know, hey, it's only $100 or $100, but uh, that was pretty slick. I did that last night. I was happy about that. Like I said, I got the Subaru tool up and running. Uh, or should I say I have the software installed? So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, those are a few of the little tidbits I brought back. I got the top down scan tool, um, as well, the Phoenix Smart. So, okay, know, I told like up a that little bit so far. It's got some glitches. I won't, okay. I'm not trying to bash it. And I've actually been on the phone with support for top down and they've been very in, uh, thorough in depth. Uh, they're actually like, can you show us that? I'm like, yeah, I'll show you what it's doing. So, Okay. I like the speed of it. Um, I'm actually going to make a, a video review of it. I was trying to, but there's so much stuff to talk about. How do you review a scan tool without yeah. going into every single car? Um, but the battery life is amazing. I mean, okay. let, I mean, it holds a charge forever. Um, and also the reporting function, your pre and post scan reports are amazing too. Um, for whatever reason, the, the top down makes it very easy to do email reports to myself. Um, and then I, then I forward it from my email where I attach it to my work order and then email uh -huh. it to the customer. And, uh, for some reason, Autel's always been kind of glitchy, uh, for me. Probably a Brian operator here. I'll just be the first one to tell you that. But, <laughs> um, Autel's just not been so smooth, but, uh, top down has that part down. The speed of the tool is pretty good. Um, you know, I've just had some weird bi-directional uh, or special functions with some Ford and uh, some GM stuff that was kind of like, hmm, what's going on here? Uh, and uh, yeah. But the cool thing is, the, the, like I said, the tech support's like, hey, we want to see this. Can we go in there, record it? We want to log everything. So I think they're going to be working on some updates on it. But overall, I like it for a gen general scan tool. It's another... Uh, another tool in my belt because I have an Autel 608 and then mm -hmm. um, other than that, as far as a generic scan tool, I have my 906 TS uh, still. Uh, that thing's getting a little battle-worn. Uh, mm -hmm. And I have a couple of handheld, like little, little code reader generic $100 scanners too. Sure. So um, the <clears throat> I was reading on that smart, uh, just going through the website stuff. And the one thing that kind of piqued my interest on it was they mentioned that there's some uh, programming features that are available like through top down server. So it's not an additional charge and it's done through the tool. If I understood correctly. Yes, I don't, I have not got the chance to use that. I have kind of like the programming I do. I know what I'm doing. I have the uh -huh. factory tools. And I'm like, I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, take the yeah time exactly. To, I mean, and it's, it's kind of sad. I mean, maybe I should try that. I mean, you know, I'm always surprised sometimes when I use aftermarket tools after using the factory tool for so long and I plug in a generic tool of, of some sort and it works. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. That, that's yep. pretty cool. Yep. Um, so I haven't tried any of those functions yet. <clears throat> so I'm really curious to see what it would do. And uh, the J25, it, the, I kind of thought that it was going to be a J2534 interface, but I have not found the drivers. And that's one thing I got to ask them about. And me and mm. a couple other people have been saying, hey, I want to use this as a J-Box. Um, but I don't know if that works uh, unless it's only going through their tool. So, uh, mm. yeah, we'll see. Okay. But uh, it's it's a solid feeling tool. I really like it as far as that. And uh it takes a little bit of time to boot up, not terrible, but once it's booted up and if you already have it on, the battery lasts all day, I mean, or more more than all day. Uh, and uh, once you're in the tool, it's pretty fast. It uh, feels good. Nice. 
Um, actually, so you mentioned the the pre and post scans and and sending those out, doing the reports. That was actually something I want to talk to you about for a couple of reasons. So you sent me one. Now it was through Y Tech, mm-hmm. but you sent me one for the Jeep, which we'll probably get to later. But <laughs> yes. I was just I was thinking about it as I glanced through the report that you sent me via email, and it's like thirty seven pages long mm-hmm. for this uh, Jeep that you were working on. But um, it it really is important nowadays to do that pre and post scan, whether you're doing mobile or not, or you're just a regular technician to have that and save it somehow. Um, are, are you doing that on? all the vehicles that you service or what's your procedure when you go into a shop for like a, I want to say my SOP, my standard operating procedure should be to always do a complete pre-scan on a vehicle. Um, I'll be the first one to tell you there's been times I'm in a hurry or whatever, especially on some of the older GMs where you can't just go into GDS and uh, ping all the modules using a tech two, or, you know, it's really slow. I mean, you'll be there for six minutes, seven minutes. Um, I've gone into what I considered important modules. So, I don't think that's the right way to do it, um, but I've, 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 you know, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't, if I was 100% on it. But my goal, if I have a tool that will give me a report in a reasonable amount of time, Ford IDS, YTech, uh, GDS2, um, just about anything else that you can plug into that's not really old. I mean, you know, Hondas are kind of slow, I think. It seems like some of the Toyotas are a little bit slower for the older mm-hmm. ones. Uh, but, yeah, definitely well worth saving your rear end. Uh, you know, there's nothing like going into a, a job and not knowing what's going on with the vehicle <laughs> and, yeah. and, and messing around with something. And you go back and you find out, oh, yeah, it does have this light on. Did it have it on before or not? Or no, the light wasn't on, but there was a pending code. And if you can, I mean, it just, it's well worth its weight to take the time to do it for sure. So, that was going to be my next question. Is there an example of when that's kind of saved your butt uh, having done that uh, prior? Yeah. You know, there's been there's been at least a, a couple, I mean, handfuls of times, I'm sure, over the years. One time I can tell you that um, it, it saved me, but it didn't save me, was I had one of my technicians when I was in business for myself. Uh, he is a super smart guy, super intelligent person, and if he's listening to this, it's not putting him down, okay? Um, but we had a code for basically an internal ROM code or RAM code or something on a Ford computer, mm-hmm. and the shop was asking us to update the computer and we had this code documented like it, it basically the code basically says replace the computer i mean that's what you should do sure. and of course we go to flash it the thing locks up solid i mean it's like ooh, it was like i want to say it was like an 07 expedition very rare computer like i couldn't find one i searched junkyard and finally i'm like it was 800 bucks from a dealer i'm just i'll get it i'll eat it put it in you know so but we had it documented yeah we had this code if you follow the flow chart <clears throat> if it's a current code replace the computer basically um and we went and flashed it so at that point i think it would have been important to you know we've talked about this and I, like i said i didn't scold my technician or anything mm-hmm. uh, you know it's just like hey well what could we have done different we could have uh put the ball in the customer's court said hey we can hit the go button but if it messes up it's on you um and uh, I have had other issues, and, you know, there's been so many of them, Sean, to be honest with you, I can't think of, like, a perfect example, but sure. um, I'm just thinking about, like, uh, doing a flash on something, and it has a code, and then, you know, it's on our pre-scan, and then 
Yeah. Hey, you get a call. Hey, the customer's check engine light came on. It's got the blah, blah, blah code, and it didn't have it since you programmed it. Uh, actually, yes, it did. Here you go. Uh-huh. Um, when you can do that, you're you're in good shape, uh, especially when you can confidently and truthfully say that you're mm-hmm. in great shape. When you're like, well, uh, mm, uh, and you, <laughs> then your customer's <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's on you, man. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so. Um, yeah, it, uh, the amount of detail. Uh, at least like the, the one you sent me through the Y tech and I'm sure the factory tools are probably going to have the most amount of detail, but it it's absolutely crazy. You can look at all the software levels in each module mm-hmm. when you started and the part numbers and like dates that codes set been, and times that codes set. In each module. I mean, you can, I'm look, I got that uh, PDF on that uh, Chrysler scan right here. I just <laughs> brought it up in case we were going to speak about it. And uh, yeah, that's just, I mean, it's powerful stuff, and when you can actually look, like you said, seeing what the odometer was, how many, what we got, uh, how many minutes, the accumulation timer, I got to look into that to understand totally what that means. Uh, you can see how long it's been since it was cleared. I mean, that's just huge stuff. There's uh, there's body shops, or maybe I should say the insurance companies that the body shops work with, that they'll only accept uh, fact or like OE reports. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? I don't, I don't do a ton of, um, it. you know, it's, it's changed the, the, that situation's a bit fluid, uh, to say the least. And I have not been directly involved with body shops for a few years, but I was, uh, a while ago, like, uh, 2017 to 20, uh, you know, end of 2018, I was heavily involved and, uh, it depend on the, on the body shop. Different ones had different uh, protocols. Some body shops didn't care, didn't even want to have a scan, and they didn't even understand the importance of a post scan. Um, mm-hmm. When the manufacturer themselves actually says you must pre scan, you must post scan, um, and then get involved with insurance companies as a whole, a whole another avenue that I didn't realize was going on out there. But uh, yeah, and then it's I think. A lot of things have lightened up, but I will tell you that the factory tool will always pull codes. I shouldn't say always. It's been known to pull codes that other tools won't touch. I mean, if you have a snap-on that's updated to 2019 or 2020 or, well, we're not, I should say 2021, and mm-hmm. you're plugging into 2022, it might not communicate with a module, and you'll find it'll, it may miss a few other modules, you know, three or four years back, uh, not not talking snap-on or Autel or any of them. Um, but, you know, it's tough for them to uh, keep up, if you will, as stuff's coming out. And sometimes they deem stuff not as important uh, to document. They'll actually, I mean, how important is this uh, convenience module or whatever, um, comfort module? Well, okay. we really care about engine and ABS and airbags, right? Uh, that's what the main bread and butter is or whatever. So I don't think they put as much effort into some of those other modules. But those other modules on these newer cars can cause other fault codes and other modules and you know the systems are all related so it's just crazy what we're working on man i tell you what yeah yeah no that's that's a good point is to do that 100 percent full scan even if you don't send the report but just for you as the technician to get the overall view of the vehicle before you jump in because nowadays the the way that these systems interact with each other and share information you may not even realize that key piece of something is coming from another module going to the one that you're concerned about. Yeah. It could even help lead the way to fixing the vehicle for you. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you may not realize it at the time, but you look and you're like, Oh, this one communicates, this one doesn't, or this one's got all these uh, invalid serial codes or whatever. Uh, that's super, super helpful. And in my opinion, you know, if you're working at a shop this day and age, 
I don't think you have an excuse not to do a complete scan. Like if you're physically a technician at a shop, I mean, it just mm -hmm. should be part of your, should be part of your, your standard operating procedure, no matter what, because I mean, chances are the car's in for a check engine light, right? You mm -hmm. pull in, you're doing a complete scan on everything on the car. And that during the time that takes, whether it's 30 seconds or three minutes, sometimes it's longer, I understand. You could be having that car racked. You could have the hood open, do your visual inspection, be writing up all of your, uh, you know, whatever your procedure is at your shop, taking pictures of any damage with a tablet, whatever your shop does. You can be doing all that as a scan tool scanning. I mean, it just sure. does, makes perfect sense to me. Why would you not? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I try to do the same thing, uh, when I'm doing the scan is, yeah, what can I do? Do I hook up my voltage maintainer or am I grabbing other tools out of my van while it's doing that? Um, but yeah, some of these tools are lightning fast. I have the, I have a different version of the top down. I have the plus. Um, but I mean, even that it, it just flies through the scans on most vehicles and then you yeah. get the nice topology view. Uh, once that's, you're done. Yeah, that's nice. The topology is nice on the top down as well. It's um, It breaks down by different networks, and it's uh, just making sure everybody's aware. Don't trust that as far as, oh, that's if this these modules aren't talking over here, it's got to be a break in the wire. Well, that is not a wiring diagram uh, right. for how that system's laid out. So I'm sure most, most technicians are uh, keen to that, but just don't think that uh, that's how it is. I've seen it actually break it down by different systems or by buses, um, you know, like I've seen some ATIS, ATIS systems listed, like I plugged into, I think I was on a 19 Civic, or maybe it was a 20 Civic. Um, <laughs> some guys at the body shop tried to uh, literally use Dumb uh, Dumb or epoxy to put the uh, front radar thing, it's where the front left fog light would go, the yeah. radar sensor, they tried to like glue it on, it's like, oh man, <laughs> of course it's setting calibration codes, come on man. Uh, you know, you just never know, but um, even with that vehicle, I believe it wasn't... Uh, based on network style it was actually based on systems so you had your radio yep. system down here you had different systems so um, I, I saw that same thing recently um i don't remember what it was on it might have been a gm actually because i was doing something with the side detection I, either way but yeah it had ados and some of the modules on there were actually on different physical networks on the car but they grouped them together on the tool um, so not that it's not useful, but yeah, it is important to definitely understand that it's not physical wiring like uh, Ytech might show you. Yeah. Ytech's going to break it down by which physical. They show you how it's laid it's out, and if you get a break in something on Ytech, I've actually seen it where oh, everything after this point's red, and it's like oh, uh -huh. well, I know where I'm. <laughs> you yeah. know, it doesn't show you where the wires are on a car, but you know basically it's between two modules or something. Yeah, um, yeah, you pull up a diagram with that, and you're pretty set as far as where you need to go for testing. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Well, um, speaking of that Jeep, um, you got a YouTube video out on this one. I watched it the other day and I was like, the Jeep's not that... fixed. I don't know if you know that the, uh, the Jeep oh, is not fixed. So, I was not aware of that. Okay. So, um, we can, I can give you, I don't want to talk an hour about it, but yeah, um, give it, we can give the what, synopsis and the key points of it. Yeah, and and I'll, what I'll do is I'll put the link in the show notes to the yeah, video. Sure. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I, I show you what I did that day and I felt confident. I felt good. I was like, man, I think this thing was just a giant logic lock. Let's just, that's the, the uh, short story, long story. We're lo looking at a 2016 Jeep Cherokee, uh, with a three, two, uh, supposedly got towed to the shop. Maybe the customer changed his own battery. We don't exactly know. Or maybe they jumped it backwards. I don't know. 
Uh, but it gets towed to the shop. And the shop, uh, they're good people, pretty knowledgeable. They're getting better all the time. And they pretty much scanned it, and they got all these codes. And I'm just trying to see here. I think I got like 38 codes, but we have like in the PCM, lost communication with the body control module, lost, uh, lost hooded jar switch uh, voltage. We have in the powertrain control module, electronic park brake system failure, loss of communication with the park brake module, lost communication with brake system module. The, the list goes on. I mean... And I should probably just copy this. And we have a lot of codes all over the place, all kinds of communication codes. First thing I do, which, uh, I, like we're talking about, I, I take my pre-scan report, so I save all this information. And when I get cars with batteries disconnected and whatnot, um, you know, I, I, many times I will clear the codes. Just, you know, I got so many codes. We got 80-something codes in this thing. Let's <laughs> right. clear it out and see what pops back. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how many were here, 40 or something, but... <clears throat> So I clear narrow, narrow it down a little bit, you know. Yeah, and uh, it took me a minute. And Sean, one of the things that I think everybody should be looking for is a check engine light and a Prindle in a car. If you turn the key on, you're looking for a check engine light. This thing didn't have a check engine light. I'm like, hmm, interesting. No check engine light, but the computer communicates. It's on the network. I'm like, why don't I have a check engine light? I'm trying to look how it works. The check engine lights go. You know, it's a serial mus- message. There's not a dedicated wire like old school stuff, and uh, you know. I've had a lot of experience with some weird cars, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to unplug the computer and plug it back in. Plug the computer back in, I get a check engine light. I'm like, hey, how about this? But we still have the flashing odometer, still have a flashing security light. You know, these cars are like the proxy alignment cars, so I do proxy alignment. I mess around with this thing for a long time. I was about to give up, and somehow uh, with my order of proxy alignments and restore configurations and whatever other buttons I just... I uh, hate to say I click it until I brick it, but this thing was dead. It wasn't going nowhere. <laughs> I got the thing alive. I was like, sweet. I clear the codes, pop it in gear. Everything is, I mean, I'm like, because I, I know it's not a, I shouldn't say I know. I feel based on my experience and the problems that I'm showing, it's not a wiring issue. It's not like we have a bad connection, I don't think, mm-hmm. uh, because weird things would happen just by, uh, you know, I do a proxy alignment, not touching any connectors or anything boom, everything came back to life. And then we get different codes and all kinds of weird communication codes, uh, message codes. Not not that there's a, a network fault, like a bus fault, but just uh, all, all kinds of stuff. So anyways, okay. I get to her running. All the lights are out. I'm feeling pretty good about this. I'm like, sweet. And uh, I, I think I put it in gear, moved it forward and backward. Customer drove around the block. They're like, hey, this is awesome. Our customer's going to be so happy. Great. They keep it over the weekend. Apparently, the battery went dead. I did not oh, check no. it for a draw. <laughs> I did not check it for a draw. It went dead. I got called back on Monday. Go right back out there. And I can't get this thing to uh, come back alive for the life of me. Now, I don't have the screenshot. Well, we're not on video anyways. Um, at one point, I, tr- I tried all the same stuff. I did all kinds of things. Could not get this thing to uh, get the security light to stop blinking. I'd have a security light flashing, but no security codes. Uh, at one point, I had every module, uh, almost every module on the car was yellow on the Y-Tech, so every module's having codes, Yeah. except the PCM was blue. No codes in the PCM, and almost yeah. every module saying loss of communication with the PCM. I'm like, wow, this is okay. just like what uh, Bill Weaver at Vision was talking about in the Chrysler Net- Network Diagnostic class at, at Vision. I mean, because he just talked about that. And I've seen similar things, but I've never had it like this. I mean, I had a code in like every module saying no communication with the PCM. And the PCM's on the network. It's talking. 
I'm like, what the heck? We're getting a PCM <laughs> um, okay. because going back also to the fact of unplugging it, plug it back in. Now I got a check engine light. Um, yeah. But this PCM is not available, so we may be getting to use one. Um, mm. And I believe this is one of the ones where it's not a. I don't think I got to double check. There may not be the PCM replace function or not. Uh, it might be an EEPROM job if we get to use one. So we'll see. What, what we can year make. is it? Sixteen. Sixteen. It's the Fiat Chrysler two connector. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I I could be wrong, but I believe that is the EEPROM I th- one. I think so, too. And one thing that I noticed, Sean, and this is really weird, and I, I have so much footage on this car. I mean, I probably have three hours of video, and I just, I mean, because I was, I was only there about an hour and a half on the first time, and I spent about an hour and a half second time. So I do probably have three hours of footage uh, trying to hold the camera and film. Uh, yeah, when I was there on, that was a Friday. I did not see a PCM replace function in the radio frequency hub. I did not. Okay. There was not in the, in the special functions drop down menu. I did not see it. But when I went back the other on um, on Monday, I saw a little button to click on there. I mean, I was like, wait a minute, what's this? I mean, now maybe I missed it. It's very possible, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. But um, interesting. And it, you know how we are as human beings. We see what we see. We don't see all the stuff around it. So it's very possible. <laughs> I overlooked it. I'm, I am human, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you get that, that tunnel vision sometimes. I've definitely yes. been there for sure. So I'm waiting for a computer. I'm, whether they get a, uh, they said they were getting used one. I just haven't heard back. And uh, the company that they're getting it from, I'm not fond of. Um, just leave it at that. And okay. they, they told them that it will be plug and play. So. Which um, it never is. <laughs> no, not. I don't think I'm one of these. Maybe, could be, I'm not sure. So I have not heard back from them. It was supposed to be in like three or four days, and that was a week ago. So I should give them a shout tomorrow. Uh, I'd like to follow up with that because, okay. uh, I mean, this is just weird stuff, and I believe it's a logic lock. Probably had a battery went dead or a draw. Not sure. So I told them, if you put a computer in this, make sure you check for a draw. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. For sure. That's there. There's some weird stuff. I, watching your video, I'm just like, there's just some very, very strange issues that cars get now with the, the network configurations and all the modules. And it is a daunting task for you, just your average technician to try to tackle. It's tough. I mean, broken vehicle. I mean, and I deal with say certain problems. I'm a little bit better at them than the average tech, I think. And I'm still working to get better. Um, but you know, I, I have lots to learn, so I'm not tr- trying to toot my own horn, but you know, like at the average check at the shop, they just know they're like, wait, we're, if we're not getting involved with this, just call somebody, whether it's Brian or somebody else that's, you know, more experienced with that. But even me, I'm like, well, Hey, <laughs> you think I'm fixing it? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, sometimes you have vehicles like this and this is on the back of my mind, weighing me down. I'm like, Hmm, what's going on with that Jeep? And, right. uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, really just hoping that they, uh, uh, if they did jam a computer in there, make sure they check for a draw, um, in case something is going on, um, mm-hmm. you know, odd stuff. Um, you know, yeah. these, uh, I don't think that it's possible for the engineers to possibly put together every scenario, um, that we'll run across. I don't know which video it was. Maybe you're talking to Daryl or, uh, Ivan, I, I forget what, or, uh, audio, uh, podcasts you're doing mm-hmm. uh, i heard somebody say you know about different ways to test stuff or in- introduce faults and um you know talking about faults like that yeah i i don't think that engineers can truthfully uh figure out how many ways we can screw stuff up i mean you know the human induced <laughs> air they, they cannot right. they, they can't possibly figure out every scenario to to make this bulletproof um 
yeah. or put together, you know, some of these flow charts. It's like, well, I got a flow chart I'm dealing with right now and another vehicle. If we have time, we'll talk about it. But, you know, it's like you follow the flow chart. This is where it puts you. But I found some service information in another spot. Uh, it's very interesting. I can I can tell you about that if you want to hear. Uh, uh, it's up to you. Yeah. No, it's um, the the complexity that's in the <clears throat> complexity of the vehicle has increased so much. And so there are so many more possibilities for the ways the systems and the components can fail. Right. And so, yeah, how can it all be summed up in a little tiny flow chart? And they, if you ask me, they never really did that great of a job, or at least a lot of them didn't do that great of a job. I've seen some improvement. Um, I was, um, I don't, I don't recall the, Manufacturers, so I can't give them credit, but there was a flowchart recently where it was having you load the circuit with uh, a certain, you know, uh, wattage bulb or something like that. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool to see in a flowchart rather than an ohm check. But, you know, traditionally, they're pretty weak as far as what the process that they have you go through. Um, but they're up against it, right? There's just complex systems that can fail in so many different ways. How do you tackle this sort of thing? How do you then, tell somebody else how to, fi- to figure out this stuff? It's And how do you tell your students? I mean, you're at the school teaching. I mean, yeah. I have, I teach some classes to stuff, uh, to, to shops uh, that are actually in a field right now. And um, how do we communicate, uh, you know, this, this, th- you're going to run into some weird stuff and it's going to be more based on your problem-solving skills and mm-hmm. learning how systems work, and That's you know, it. logically determining. Well, it's can't. It, it couldn't be this. It could be this, and it, it may, most likely is this. I mean, how do you deduce that? It's a. Uh, that's a tough skill to teach, and I think it comes from you know a certain person that has a little bit of a gift with that. I mean, you know, some people have it better than others, and then learning. I mean, just get out there and <laughs> do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's that you're right on the money. There is figuring out how to learn something new, maybe on the fly, or just being able to take on something new that you haven't seen before. Like that's a skill, and that is a tough skill to teach. It's not. It's not easy to do that, and not everybody has that skill set or they're not quite there for that skill set. But man, if you can figure that out just to take on something new and be like, okay, I'm going to figure out how this works, how, whatever means that takes, whether that's your testing or reading or talking to people or whatever it is, if you can do that with anything that you're approached with, you're going to be successful. And I mean, even then you're still going to get your butt kicked, but you're going to be much more successful if you can figure something out that you haven't seen before. Um, that's, that's, that's a powerful skill. And uh, we work with it with the students at the college, but it's, um, again, it's, it's challenging, you know, because they're still trying to figure out the basics, which are also important. You gotta, you gotta have those foundational that like, what's the word precursory knowledge Mm -hmm. for a lot of stuff, right? You gotta understand all electrical before we can start talking about trying to figure out how this module, this circuit works. Um, so we set them up with the basics and then we try to introduce some critical thinking skills to, uh, you know, just to figure out how, how this component works that they haven't dealt with before. Cause that, I don't know, that's what I seem to do every day is like, I don't, I don't know how this thing works. I've never <laughs> dealt with it before. Yeah, I haven't touched one of these yet. We're going to have to uh, go. <laughs> I mean, I'm very weak on European just so you guys know. I always tell that to everybody. It's like, I just, I have so many GM Fords and Chryslers that are broken in my neck of the woods that. 
I, I, I not, most days I have more work than I can do with just those. So it's like I don't Same. even have time to. Uh, I haven't made time. Let's put it that way. I have not made time to go Euro, and I, I feel overwhelmed when I get down to those cars. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? And then, well, yeah. hey, wait a minute. This is a Volkswagen. I don't see a check engine light. I go poking around. I found a broken wire for a power feed for a PCM. I'm like, hmm, that wasn't so bad. I mean, it's a yeah. car. I mean, we can still fix it. It's just um, I just don't work on many of them, uh, you know, like that. So, But like you said, uh, maybe they go about it a little bit different way, but they're still getting the same job done. Uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting how I still go to shops that I think I've heard you guys saying about no service information. I mean, no wiring diagrams. Yeah. I mean, like, how do you, how do you, uh, what are you doing? I mean, well, I can call my buddy. He might be able to give me a diagram. I'm like, I don't even know right. what to say. You can't, you can poke around, but you, you know, you're going to be having a tough time. Uh, yeah. that's a fact. Exactly. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's got, I got this, uh, transit van it's on my mind right now it's sure. a shop that uh they usually do decent diagnosis work not a bad uh they got a 2017 ford transit full size 350 i don't i can't get a clear story or maybe i'm misunderstanding either got towed to them as a crank no start or uh whatever the tow truck driver i know he had to pop the shifter to get it to uh you know to brake shift interlock to get it off a flatbed or whatever they did um they diagnosed it as a bad body control module. And okay. I get called to program a BCM. I'm like, okay, cool. I can do that. And I get there and turn the key on. Uh, I don't have any lights. The hazard lights are flashing. The headlights are on. No dome lights. And I have no um, no cluster light up. None of the gauges or none of the, no check engine light, no ABS, no, no lights. Dash is dead. But if you go to crank, the dash will light up. I'm like, hmm, this doesn't seem good. But they're like, we checked everything. It's set in a U3000 uh, colon 49. It's a, uh, I got the thing up right here. I, I, I've, I've been through this before for a minute or two. Uh, <laughs> but it's a basically an internal ECU malfunction is what it, what the code says. And uh, I'm like, okay, uh, whatever. Let, let me just ID it. The body control model's online talking. So I p- do a PMI IDing off the original. Mm-hmm. Put, the new, put the new body control module in. Turn the key to the run position. The dash lights up. I'm like, sweet, they diagnosed it right. This is awesome. Nice. Uh, the headlights are off. The hazard lights are off. Uh, go through the programming. As soon as it's done programming, everything goes back to the way it was. I'm like, hmm, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, you know, <laughs> I do the security learn. I can't, I have no dash lights. Um, I spent a little bit of time there. And the one thing that I'll tell you that uh, my top-down scan tool NIDS shows me that was lighting up my world. I mean, you know, my brain was like, ding, 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 this has got to be it. Uh, there's a data pit I'm not familiar with, but it's called power mode quality factor. Okay. And that's just basically saying, is it valid or not valid? And it's just, there's only like four or five wires for this ignition switch. Very simple. Uh, you accessory, ignition run, and crank, and then uh, key in, and maybe one other wire. And uh, But in run, this says invalid. So in the run position, always invalid. And I'm like, hmm, that can't be good. And I mm-hmm. have a 2019 Transit van, and I'm like, hmm, I could do a lot of testing on the back of this body control module, which is kind of tight to get to when it's plugged in up there. Or I'm gonna, I could pop an ignition switch out of this thing in like two seconds. I, I switch flop my ignition switch, same problem. Okay. Um, you know, nothing changed. So I'm like, okay, well, it's not that. Let's get back to the body control module, test these powers and grounds to the body control module, everything. Uh, I, I tested some powers and grounds and also the ignition switch inputs. I was hung up on that. Everything tests out. I'm like, listen, 
you guys got to figure this out. I didn't diagnose it, so I only charged them an extra like hour or so, even though I was in an hour and a half extra on top mm-hmm. of the program. And I skedaddled, but it's on my brain. I go home, I read about this U3000 uh, colon 49. And basically it says if all their codes uh, are cleared out of the body control module and only this one co- code comes back, uh, refer to steering angle, uh, steering wheel and electrical column components, which is a U300 a dash or colon 29 and okay. basically i went back to the shop the next day i'm like okay i actually bought ford service information because i thought i was missing something i run back to the shop boom, boom, i'm gonna test this thing out i test everything and it comes right to replace body control module and you know they've got identifics on a phone and they're saying replace the bcm and it's like well it's doing the same thing i don't think it's bcm and sean the learning experience the, the takeaway so far for this vehicle's not fixed yet um this thing has still got the same problem if you go in all data and type in at U3000 colon 49, I can't speak for Mitchell's or Identifix, but if you type it in and you look under, it comes up on that search bar for description and operation. If you click on that and you go down about three paragraphs, <laughs> three paragraphs, <laughs> okay. you will come to uh, this thing. There's a section about field effect transistor protection. Okay. So the vehicle, uh, the field effect transistor protection is used with module control software to control the flow on module, current flow on module outputs. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Keep on reading. A module lifetime is established based on the durability of the field effect transistor. Okay. What does this mean? (laughs) Uh, U3049 is set, um, when, uh, the maximum number of activations has occurred. So I key cycle this thing up doing my programming. Sure. Uh, apparently, well, classic Ford programming. You get the carpal tunnel doing. <laughs> yeah, and now basically it says uh, once it's re- reaches predetermined level, this code can't be cleared, and the module must be replaced after the initial fault is repaired. So we have a short or an overload somewhere in this vehicle, and we poked around. I I I made three trips out there now, and uh, the shop's kind of getting frustrated, and we're getting nowhere. Um, and of course, this is a non-pats vehicle. It doesn't have. Uh, passive anti-theft as far as uh, transponder and a key reader. Uh, neither does my van, so don't come and try and steal it, but whatever. <laughs> um, but the uh, it doesn't have that. And, of course, the scan tool list basically says, you know, master key present, no, uh, PATS system service mode active. It has all these codes or uh, data PIDs that would make you think you got a PATS problem. Does but, it still uh, have to do the handshake between the modules? Yes, you still have to kind of like do a parameter reset. Yes, um, okay, absolutely. But and I, I got that done. Um, I followed the procedure as best I could. I tried to program keys, even though I didn't know it didn't have them. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I was like, oh, I'll try that after. I, I spent a lot of time there goofing uh-huh. around, column cover apart. I'm like, oh, this doesn't even have a key reader. This does not have uh, that. But of course, the shop's kind of hung up on that. And I wouldn't say they're pointing a finger, but they're like, but it says this. And my buddy at Ford says it, it's got to be for I'm like, dude, I took my top down. I plug it into my van, took a screen I, with my phone. I'm like, look, I got the same data pids on my mind saying uh, inactive, invalid, all that baloney. Yeah. Um, and I was like, if that's the case, plug in the original. But we have a short to ground, I believe, or an, a current overload that's locking this module up. And I mean, this is I'm- just a bad Bad design, man. <laughs> on one of the outputs for the body control module? I'm assuming. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's what... Uh, Interesting. Uh, yeah, there's... Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. We don't have a horn honking. The horn is kind of... Actually, that's the one thing that uh, uh, threw me off. The horn ho- uh, fuse would blow. 
but that's only on that that's part of the circuit is only on the uh secondary side of the relay so you literally there's like a horn fuse and then a relay and then a horn i mean all on secondary side not on the control side may or may not be relate, related but there's a lot of a lot of fine print here and i've been talking to a couple people you know about this problem i'm like man what's going on so i gotta find time to get back there and try and get it figured out but this is the type of stuff that's hard i mean it's very yeah, difficult because yeah. uh we have a code in the abs setting I, I don't have that in front of me but it's basically saying something about invalid data from the steering wheel sensor module which i'll kind of follow that rabbit hole i don't really find much that would cause it's like dude the key needs to turn to the run position i need to have a key and run <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't uh so Huh. Interesting stuff. <laughs> so that data pit that you're talking about where it says like invalid power mode, um, yeah. I've been running into this a lot lately with push button start vehicles or proximity key vehicles. And I get into whatever module or modules, it's usually modules that are involved with keying up the vehicle and powering up the vehicle. And the data pits are so vague and strange um i was dealing with a subaru i was dealing with a toyota and like you're saying like it says invalid or it says something that you would think is a problem but it's not like that's a normal status but they give you the pid and some of that stuff is like you got to know that application extremely yeah. well or document like do some known goods i know i was actually thinking about that like next time i'm in a push button car I'm just going to screenshot like the <laughs> whatever mod, like the keyless entry module or whatever it is, just to know, okay, this is normal for, and I'll document it as a 16 Subaru Outback or something like that. That's, because it's, that's a great thing to do because um, the data pits can be so confusing. Yeah. A lot of Chrysler uh, push button or even, even Chrysler's with a key. Uh, sometimes the data pits are kind of goofy on those. Uh, and right. it's hard to understand. Um, that's a fact. I've had a lot of push button problems on the GMs where for whatever reason, um, that two amp fuse that really powers up the little ignition, uh, button or whatever, um, that, that goes bad and it's, it's an easy fix. Um, but it's not, not as quick as you'd like it to be. I've gotten much faster. It's like, you know, what? I'm going to check that real quick because <laughs> yeah. when it doesn't, when it's not turning on and all that, uh, super, super important. You know, one of the things about those, uh, the data pids along with uh, like a, a lot of Chrysler diagrams I, I look at sometimes and it's a, you know, what do they even say? I'd have to look at one, but it'd be like ignition output. It'll say ignition output and then oh, the other end says ignition I... output. I'm like, well, I'm assuming that should be hot, right? Yeah. Okay. So sounds like it should get uh, battery positive when the key's on or whatever, but who's putting it out? I don't, uh -huh. which way are we going? I, I, I 100% know what you're talking about. It, it brings me back to, I think, some some older Chrysler vehicles, but it would be between, I think, the Tipum and the PCM, mm -hmm. where, yeah, it says, like, ignition out, but actually it was getting power in on that circuit. Yes. And that that is, I had a tech who was confident, and I don't recall the exact scenario, but he was trying to call, I think, a PCM, but it was a Tipum because he was reading the diagram he's like well that's supposed to be the out i'm like no 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 it's it's really dumb but it's the opposite direction it says out but it's going in and that can take a <laughs> a technician that's uh striving to do good and, and make mm -hmm. make sense of the information provided to them yeah i mean it'll, it'll just toss your world upside down man i mean <laughs> especially when you get a pcm that doesn't fix it i mean it's like oh man right 
Um, yeah, that's very, very well, just, I guess just the way it goes. I've, I've mentioned it before on the show, but I, do you recall old Ford vehicles, like 90s vehicles and the diagrams that they had they were so detailed on every circuit they oh, give you yeah. a little like they, there'd be like a word bubble and a paragraph about this circuit it would say when the pcm is in the monitor state for the egr it pulls this circuit low and looks for you know <laughs> it would be awesome i remember the the good old uh, i mean that style diagram you're talking to the I, i'm thinking late 80s early 90s to yeah. The TFI ignition, you'd actually, you know, pip spout start run coil ground. Why do I know that? Because they pounded in my head. I think I only <laughs> fixed one car with that, right? But <laughs> anyways, yeah. uh, you know, that, that information was labeled well throughout the diagrams. It was really, right. I mean, they did a good, nice job back then. Um, I think, I don't know when Ford separated from working with Hickok. Uh, are you familiar with that company? They're based out, out of Cleveland here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did some scan tools for Ford. They were the developer of the uh, scan tools, not not IDS or anything like that, but I'm talking to old, uh, was it World Scan or I don't even remember. Star, WDS Star? or something. I don't know. It, the old, it, was, old it was like Ford. a big T, I remember. Yeah, the, they worked the with that uh, in different variations of that or something. And, uh I think they really did a good job collaborating and trying to understand. They, they, well, of course, the engineers know how it works, okay? They, they know what's up. Uh, but they did a good job communicating that to uh, the technician level, which, you know, mm-hmm. we, I like to think I'm smart, but I'm not that smart, right? Uh, <laughs> it doesn't oh, take long to, uh, you know, humble yourself sometimes. And uh, that's, just, that's it. So much to know. And you, you don't know the what's going on inside of that box and the strategy and stuff like that. And to have a little bit of help there is, is huge, huge. Um, it, it, it is would go, it go is. a long way. I mean, now as a technician, you got to be looking for that. You got to do your reading and a lot of people don't do that at all. But I mean, for the people that are looking, it'd be fantastic if there's a little bit more of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, like some of the stuff I, I love Fords. I, I know you're aware of it, but the Fords, uh, OBD2 theory or whatever for each yeah, model. Oh, it's that's, fantastic. That's, that goes into some detail, and I found some stuff. I'm like, oh, that's why I can't even remember, but I'm, I was looking at some stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's why the uh, idle in my van, I was looking up my ear, and I'm like, that thing is kicks up pretty high, and then boom, the idle drops down. And I'm like, oh, and you can tell oh, that's what's going on. I, I can't remember the details because I, I've ran out of room. I got to clear some stuff out of my brain. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I got to focus on learning how to find the information more and less about retaining it. I think. <laughs> uh, oh, that's the, that is a very accurate statement. Um, and uh, so again, this I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I started just noting stuff down in a Google Docs thing. I'll put a vehicle and I'll put a note on it because I'm for, I'm finding as I do more and more and more stuff, I'll forget something that I did. And maybe that's just getting older. Maybe it's just too much is in my head. But I'm like, I know I dealt with this before. What the heck did I do to fix it? I've and looked so, up my own YouTube videos. I type something in. I'm like, <laughs> I did this once. I did this six years ago. I'm like, holy cow. I forgot. Yeah. I, I mean, and I'm yeah. like, oh, look, that's the problem. It's yeah. happened once to me. I mean, I, honestly, one time that's happened. I'm like, I can't remember what it was. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yep. <laughs> I mean, so, so that's awesome to to be good at that. Uh, you know, I, I heard you and Ivan talking about, uh, you know, Ivan has his notebook, and that's great. I have the mm-hmm. world's worst handwriting. In fact, if I could write, I probably wouldn't be here now. I'm sure I would have 
done something <laughs> not automotive, um, okay. engineering or something. I'm not, I'm not saying I would have, maybe I would have, who knows? I like where I'm at and I'm happy, uh, where I'm at, to be honest with you. It's good. Uh, but I, my handwriting has just destroyed my, I, I can't chicken scratch all day long. So okay. <laughs> I'm so happy to have computers with Google Keep and Google yeah. Docs, uh, you know, OneNote and all, all the different things. It's just, I, that's what I have to do because I can put it in and I can still read it. Not like going back and uh, you, I know nobody can see, but he's like, what did he, what did he write there? He doesn't even know what he wrote. Uh, yeah, it's bad when you can't even read your own handwriting. But uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I really had to work hard to try to be legible and um, this has been a fault of mine. So I think that uh, it, it's it's wonderful to have the technology now, of course. Uh, when I was in school, we didn't have laptops or nothing like that. I mean, you know, they had a, a Macintosh computer or something. So, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, wasn't that was, it, isn't that something that they say about doctors? Is they have like really bad handwriting? It's like shorthand or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they say. Um, but you know, I, I just could see myself possibly have done a totally different route. Maybe not even. I don't know. I, if if my handwriting was okay, it would be different. But uh, so that's my Did excuse. It, did it like hinder you in school? Is yeah, that what yeah, you, okay. yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, I, gotcha. uh, I, I, I did well in physics in high school. I love that. That was my favorite thing. Of course, the mathematics was a lot of times uh, hindering me as well. And back then, I didn't know how to work Excel at all. And they were, they were just starting to use Excel a little bit. And I'm like, well, what's this? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that was back in the um, mid nineties. So okay, a minute ago, but, uh, things have changed, man. It's just crazy. The world we're living, uh, the, the information that's available to the technicians, if they're looking, uh, yeah. I don't practice looking on Google too much, uh, for answers. I, I prefer to learn how to look up service information. Um, I don't like to use identifix as a crutch, but Hey, it's there. If I'm in a hurry, let me just see what's common and see how I would test it. Because if these are yep. common things, doesn't mean I'm going to sell that, but I sure would like to, you know, if there's, you know, 500 of these that are confirmed fixes, let me at least, probably see, at least check it. <laughs> let me, how hard could it be? If it's easy to test, let me go there and test that first and I can test it. And if it's not mm-hmm. the problem, then I move on. Um, or look at a diagram. I just, that's my favorite thing is, uh, if I can see a diagram on something, I have a good chance of uh, figuring out how it works just by looking at it. And that's the best. I try and teach that in the classes when I have uh, uh, techs working with me. It just, guys, what's the load here? Well, it's a relay. It's not a load. Well, the primary side of that circuit uh, of that relay is the load. So, you yep. know, that's the load there. Where's the ground? Where's the power? You know, whatever. Um, it's so important if you start thinking like that, you can fix a car faster, in my opinion. Uh, and, of course, this is all electrical stuff. That's all I really do anymore. So... Mm. Uh, which is okay. I would like to swing a hammer at some ball joints or something sometime. Uh, that's <laughs> that has its place, guys. I tell you what, just uh, oh, you for know, sure. I can hang some iron and do some do some work like that, and it's it's you know satisfaction. Look, I fixed a car. Yep. <laughs> you know. Yep. Well, there's there's a lot of value in being able to actually do the repair, do the fix. Yes. So there's a place yes. for that, and um, I've been talking to so many people recently about the <clears throat> importance right now and going forward of specialization too, right? Like guys that are really good at hanging ball joints and struts and alignments, like that shouldn't be looked down on by anybody. I tell my students too, like be good at that. You're going to make a lot of money and people are going to hire you you and be very very happy to have you. And then, 
you know, unless you want to, and more power to you if you do, but maybe you don't have to focus on you 3000s and networks and CAN buses because there's you, a couple shops that I work with that have uh, dedicate. I mean, well, depending on the size of the shop, but there's a couple uh, guys that I know, and these guys are really good at uh, R&R. I mean, I'm talking engines, transmissions, you know, timing chains, uh, you know, they just tear into this stuff and they're good. I mean, they're doing mm-hmm. great job, quality work. They're getting paid very well too uh, because yep. they can hang. I mean, I say hang, it's not the right professional term, right? But sure. I mean, they can hang some iron, get that stuff in, get it out yep. and it doesn't come back. I mean, they're, yep. Yep. I mean, it's, I, I look at them and I'm like, how are you, how do you work on two GM three, six timing job, uh, timing <laughs> chain jobs and at the same time? I'm like, what yeah. the heck? They got them just. That's, ripping them out, man. I'm that's like, wow. it, it, it's a craft. That I mean, that is a craft, and you know, it's kind of maybe looked down on by some people. But man, like you're saying, like you do, like okay, an alignment guy. You get somebody who's really good at alignments, especially in a rust belt, and like they got it dialed in, and they can get all of those angles accurate, or they know exactly what to sell, or they know what to look for for a bent component, and they're making it happen. That is a that is a serious craft and a skill. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah and there's right nothing wrong with well. I mean, being that being that person and pursuing that if that's what if that's what fuels you, right? For me, it's the diagnostics. Like that's what that's my passion. I want to go that way, so I'm going to specialize in that. And if I never do another alignment or break job or anything i'm i'm fine with that but <laughs> yeah well yeah and i i got to that point um and i, I think i got decent at you know hanging parts or whatever ball joints tie rod ends struts and timing chains well actually it was more timing belts when i was uh you know 2011 i really stopped wrenching i mean it was i mean 2010 okay. actually so you know but from the i think i heard you talk about the gm three ones three fours man i love those intakes Dude, and uh, yeah the three eight intakes. Uh, that's the one thing that Dorman did right. The kit that they had. That was the, the uh, stainless steel one. Uh, no, the uh, the three eight uh, <clears throat> the plastic kit that they had. The upper plenum uh, with oh. the gasket. They they sell a Felpro Shh. gasket kit with the upper plenum. Uh, sure. I've hung, I don't know, hundreds of those things, and it, it was it was a good quality thing. Uh, but uh, you know that stuff. I, I enjoyed that. I, I got a three, three one, or three four intake. I, I'd tear through those things so fast, and uh, you know, I was gravy. I loved it. I, I, that was a craft. I enjoyed it. But then you know, I found my other passion here, which is the uh, diagnostics. And uh, really, I looked at it. I was trying to find another way to make a living. I was just like, ah, I think I'm going to try something else out, and that's what I did. And it worked out well, and I enjoy it. But. Uh, you know, there's nothing, I don't ever want to sound disrespectful to anybody that's a technician doing brakes and ball joints and tires. I mean, if you're out there working on cars to make a living and you're supporting yourself or your family, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, man. Um, and it's so disheartening seeing the way, I mean, to this day and age, mechanics are looked down upon. I mean, right. Uh, not, not by everybody, but it's just not, uh, I mean, it's like, wait a minute, you're, you're wanting the cheapest person to work on the most expensive thing and the most complex thing that you own. I mean, come on. Yeah, right. Well, I, I think the, just the, the nature of what it is right now, it's, it's coming around and people are figuring out like, okay, um, being as shops are like two, three weeks booked out for work. Um, and you know, your average customer is like, uh, okay, I can't get my vehicle repaired for two weeks. Um, it's it's becoming 
more of an important commodity to find somebody who can actually repair your vehicle correctly. Um, and hopefully people are getting compensated properly to do so too. You know? I, I think, um, I think it's, I think we're around in a corner where, you know, there's a, like you said, there's a shortage of technicians as there's, there's always been a shortage of good technicians, but now yeah. even just in general, in general, I mean, and the parts problem, I've seen if I had a video on my phone to show you something, uh, well, I, I do have it. I was using the hand tech here and, uh, use my little hand tech scope, looking at some signals. Uh, and I don't think I have, I was working on a video and we got a blind spot module that's hanging down on a Chrysler here. You know, the ones okay. that are piggyback each other. Sure. They got all the wrong modules and I'm, I don't know if it's coming out so you can see it, but I'm, yeah, over I here. can see it. I'm over yeah. here. It's like, man, I got two junkyard, three junkyard modules. Nobody knows which one's which. And <laughs> when I bust out the scope, and showed the technician, well, here's the data line, and I'm watching for when it goes dead, unplugging, plugging. Man, yep. he was floored. He's like, that's it. I got to learn how to do that. I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. well, there you go. Um, absolutely. Yeah, that's um, that's a cool feeling. To uh, I, I was doing something similar with a, it was a Jeep Compass the other day, and the, the horn didn't work. And it's the dumbest thing in the world. So the, the horn switch... You know, it's the the pad on the horn. It's just a normal switch. It goes into the cruise control switch, which is also on the steering wheel. And then the the cruise control switch takes that horn switch and then puts it onto a Lin bus that goes through the clock spring into the cluster, which then goes to the tip arm, which then goes to the horn. I mean, it's like oh boy, all over the place, man. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a horn. But anyways, the the clock spring was shorting twelve volts to that Lin bus, and wow. so. The funny thing was, is the cruise button had separate circuits for the cruise itself. So you could press the cruise button and you could see it change on the dash. So even though the tech recognized that there was a Lin bus, he never thought it was a cruise switch because you could change it with that. Well, the Lin bus, I don't know if there's probably other stuff on there, but one of the things is the horn. Mm -hmm. And so what I did is I had my U-scope into the Lin bus and I just cranked the wheel and you could see it go from 12 to talking. And he's like, Oh dude, like that's so cool. Now I could have just pressed on the horn and turned the wheel too, but it's cool to see uh, on the scope. And he's like, Uh, that's, that's so cool to be able to visualize what's happening there. It's, it's powerful, man. Um, you know, I know those U scopes are on back order and I, I think I may have told you, I sold my one U scope dumbly, not, not realizing these things were on back order. I'm like, Oh, let's buy another one. I sold it. (laughs) Oh man. Now I got, I got a two channel hand tech, which is bigger. Um, but it's, you know, Pico is my favorite, but, um, it's just, you know, it's a little bit bulky to get that thing out. It's not like I have a diagnostic cart that's sitting there. I got to go to my van, get it out, lug it out. So the hand tech's great. Um, I had a great run in with a technician. I should, I should say, I can't say technician yet. Um, I don't even know if mechanic, let's say uh, young, younger tire person, maybe okay. early twenties. And this guy, he wants to learn. And he asked me, how do I get to learn? Cause I, you know, he sees me go in their shop, you know, twice, twice a week I'm there doing whatever. He's like, how do I get to be, I want to learn what you know. I'm like, well, it's going to take you a while, but the uh-huh. best thing you can do right now is instead of being, like everybody else, when there's nothing to do at your shop <laughs> yeah. on your phone yeah. like that, playing Facebook or whatever, TikTok uh-huh. or something, go over on the other side of the shop where the mechanical work is because it's a big tire shop. It's like, go over there and ask that guy how he can help him out, you know, mm-hmm. or just stand there and be respectfully uh, watching, you know, hey, can I watch what you're doing? Mm-hmm. That's how you're going to get there because 
Uh, of course, I mean, he wants to go electrical, which I, I think he could. There's no, no doubt in my mind. If you want it, you can do it. Um, but I was yep. like, you got to, you know, get your hands dirty doing a little stuff here and there. And, uh, it's just nice to see young people that want to advance themselves. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, there's nothing wrong with the people that are making a living every single day doing mechanical work. Cause that's okay. Um, <laughs> there's, you know, if you're supporting yourself and your family that, Hey, there's, there's that's, that is fantastic. Yep. Uh, exactly. Uh, exactly. Just got to fi- figure find that thing that drives you to get up and want to do it every day. That's the it, key. It makes it better. Um, yeah. When, when you get up and want to do it, um, I'm in a bit of a slump. I started to tell you that before you hit the record button. I mean, I just, I feel drained. I haven't had a vacation. I'm looking forward to that. And I got, uh, well, the Jeep's a little weight in, in, in my backpack of things I carry around with me. That's a small sure. piece thing that, uh, transit is heavy on my mind. I've got like a bunch of jobs I've been pushing off through the weather because I know the vehicle's going to be outside. So yeah. I'm just like, oh, I got so much stuff. And uh-huh. man, it's like, you know, sometimes you get worn out and it, it's just nice to, well, I appreciate listening to your podcast or, you know, watching uh, Scanner Danner or Eric O or any of those guys, man, everybody's doing great work uh, to boost our industry. That That's motivating. And then uh, thinking about Super Saturday coming up, I think I'm going to get out there. How about you? Yeah. Uh, if, if they're doing that this year, I tried the last two years and it's just canceled <laughs> it all times because yeah. all I hear is great stuff about Super Saturday. It so. was, it was great. I was there in 19 and it was fantastic. Uh, so I will be there. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll buy my ticket early and get registered or whatever I got to do. Um, but yeah, just For knowing sure. that I have another event to go to, I know there's a couple other ones. Uh, uh, that's, that's motivating, you know, that, that builds you back up. And, mm-hmm. uh, there's this days where you feel beat where it's like, man, this job I thought it would take me, you know, 40 minutes or 30 minutes. I was here for two hours and sometimes yeah. it's not your fault. I mean, tech line connects being all goofy lately, all kinds oh, of weird man. stuff, <laughs> man, Friday, Friday, my last job of the day on Friday, man, I got hung up with, uh, something that, you know, I was like, I'm going to be in here, out of here. I'm going to do my little video for the end of day thing. And then I'm going to spend family time. Well, you know, I, here I am an hour and a half later getting home than I thought I'd be rushing and you know it's like ah why is yeah. that happening uh yeah now- TL- tlc has been just i i'm getting my butt kicked i, I do a <clears throat> lot of transmissions because i have a lot of transmission shops and for whatever reason since they switched over to tlc in september or whatever mm-hmm. it was i found well this has happened to me four times now um and i avoid it if i have options with io terminal but sometimes i don't have the original module so mm-hmm. an 09 to a 2012 g or gm truck 6l 80 or 90 and actually two of these have been 90s two of these have been 2500s it goes through the process it programs it gets to the end it says verifying update with vehicle or, or vehicles processing update. Mm-hmm. That's like, it's after it says complete on the programming thing. Mm-hmm. And then it B bonks me. It goes through two more times. It gives you an error message. Well, then the thing's a no com. Mm-hmm. Although I, you can, uh, you can recover it with IO, mm-hmm. but if you don't have the original file, it makes it tricky. So I've you been have, messing around. With, you got any version files? We got to get you set up with some of those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, the problem is the virgin files, then you still got to try to do it with SPS. And uh, so, so, I mean, you said these were used, uh, cause I, I I've been versionizing them sometimes. These are, I don't these have are brand new AC Delco brand new. Really? modules. Yeah. Really? So it's not the, uh, okay, as far mind. as I can tell, I, it's not the part, it's something on TLC side. I, I, I misunderstood an, you. Okay. 
Um, I'm using an MDI two. Uh, I got my voltage maintainer on there. Mm-hmm. I'm doing everything like I've always done it. Right. I've done. I've done. So Nothing many the aftermarket. No. Okay. All right. I mean, so, that's, I'm just throwing ideas out because. Uh, yeah, the I, radios. No I, aftermarket radios uh, on there. Um, so I've been trying to do I/O as much as I can because I/O oh. does it just fine every single time. Okay, well that's that's interesting to know. I mean, I've I, I do quite a few GM trainings too. Um, I don't know how many a week, but you know, you know, five or six or eight sure. or ten. It, depends, it varies, but I mean, um, this week's been a little quieter with those. But I did one, I did one this morning, a brand new one on a two thousand. <laughs> I gotta look. Oh, that was a seventeen. That was a 17 this morning. I did a brand new one, no problem. So it's weird how it's hit or miss. Um, I've been using TLC since October of 19, when it when it was still early. Um, okay. I, I went ahead and went full on. I was like, you know, because I'm doing so much, I'm like, man, I'm losing my tail paying 40 something dollars plus tax. So I just bought it. Yeah. So I've been yeah. using it for a long time and haven't had. I've had a couple of hiccups, uh, but not too many problems. I know Friday, I think it was because they're doing their switchover last Friday. Um, yeah, you know, Monday morning, I'm like, oh, what? You changed everything. Now you got a sidebar over here. I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out what's going on. Uh, but I've been successful. I can't complain, man. It's been uh, it's been pretty solid for me. A lot of guys have trouble, and I'm like, no, I don't have that much trouble. And then, well, until I have trouble. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we're not sounding too boring for your uh, audience, man. I hope I'm, I mean, just sharing with no. you whatever I'm thinking uh yeah, Always. that's that's all that's all this is, and uh, that's the the best response I've gotten from people on the podcast is like I love the interviews where you're just you're just basically BSing with somebody about the industry. But w- what you were saying, um, you know, you you watch like a scanner dander video or somebody, you know, another channel on YouTube and it like gets you like fired up and passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've had some people reach out to me about you know, some of the guests that I've had on, they felt that way. Like I heard from this guy that you talked to and, you know, he's passionate about this. He's doing this. It's really cool. He's taking this initiative or he has this perspective and it really made me, you know, think about what I'm doing or get fired up about what I'm doing. And so that's oh, cool. That's, so anybody that's, that's awesome. passionate yeah. about this stuff, like I want to talk to him and, and share it with people. And that's what, that's, what's all about. It's like, if you're doing something cool, and you're passionate about it, why not share it with everybody else? Because it might help somebody else out. Um, I forget which technician it was you were speaking to. I mean, I, I listened to your stuff, man. So, um, But somebody was at, I think they were at a Porsche dealer, and they're basically saying the dealer was just beating them down. I mean, just, and yeah. that dealer, dealer life can be rough. If you're at a dealer that's not uh, good to work for, I mean, it's, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. But then getting a chance, he said, getting a chance to go out and network with other technicians, what, yeah, training events or whatever just brings you right back up to so you can go back and endure for a little while longer. But, uh, you know, uh, it definitely, uh, it definitely helps, man. Uh, having a great group of people to network with. I mean, that's one of the best yeah. benefits to, uh, also to out of town training for me is like, man, uh, my Facebook friends or whatever you want to call it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I, I would say actually true real friends too are developing in, uh, yeah. ways that people I didn't have before as friends. Now I'm like, Oh, I got a friend. <laughs> you exactly. Know, that's awesome. That's cool. Well, so you, you get older and I think it's a little tougher, uh, maybe not tougher, but I, I don't go, you know, I don't go out and make a, lot, a whole lot of new friends. <laughs> like I'm not going to the bar, uh, you, you know, and yeah. it's just, it gets difficult as you get older. But if you get involved with some people that have the same interests as you, like 
like this. And that's one of the cool things. Like I have my qualms about social media and how it's probably destroying the world in some ways, but man, it is, it is one of the most powerful tools to connect with people that are also interested in the same stuff as we are like that. That has been just life changing, literally life changing to connect with the groups and the people that I have through Facebook. So that, that side of it, it's like, wow, okay, well it's doing really bad things, but it's also doing really good things. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, even the, I mean, it's the technology with, with your podcast, man, it's amazing being able to, you know, you told me a number before, like, wow, that's, you know, that many people are listening to this. And mm-hmm. that means when, you know, um, it's not to say that Sean's trying to influence people, but Hey, you can show people what's going on and you can, that is influencing and helping uh, mm-hmm. people. I mean, I just hope that, uh, I, I say the younger or less experienced techs just listen and realize, Hey, you know, if I'm just doing, literally doing tires all day right now, um, you could move up if you want. You know, you can do it. Um, it's just, uh, Eric O always says, if I can do it, you could do it. And it's, yep. that's it, man. You can do it. Uh, there's no doubt about it. If you want it, you can do it. And, yeah. um, I think oh, I... this industry is just so crazy, man. I don't even know what's going to happen in the next 10 years or so. <laughs> I always, I'm like, wow. I, it, it, it's good. It's going to be wild and it gets to self-driving cars and everything's electric and it's, it's going to be, I don't, I don't even know. If, yeah. Oh, I always, you know, we, there, different people talk about different things and, you know, we were just talking about engineers can't compensate for every weird thing. And it's like, man, you get a car, well, you got salt on the roads up there, right? You're in Rust Belt. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking about, man. You can never know what's going to happen. You'll have the weirdest thing happen. These cars, who knows what they're going to do? Um, I don't mm-hmm. know. I couldn't tell you. Um, and at that point, you know, customer put the car on autopilot. Is, are they responsible for the actions of the car? If the car makes the wrong decision, what about the programmer? The guy who wrote the code for it? What about the yeah. AI, whoever developed the AI for the car to learn? I mean, I don't even have a clue. Um, yeah. Boy, <laughs> I really Where? don't. Who, who are the lawyers going after? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's a whole whole nother thing but uh Uh, yeah i mean i've been enjoying what i do uh having a good time uh just in a slump right now we're gonna get out of it i mean that's one thing i've always found man just keep on pushing forward take a little break you don't have to be Mm -hmm. don't have to fix everything um i want to share with you if you want to hear i mean i had a couple notes i was going to say i had people ask me like i go to shops and they think i know everything or something like dude i don't know if you only knew how much I don't know, <laughs> it, I, I, I'm not saying I fake it till I make it or whatever. I know certain things and I try to be really good at those things and try to implement. But, uh, you know, uh, how, you know, Brian can fix anything. No, no. I've, I've had cars kick my tail, whether I was at a shop or, or here or there. I mean, I've had some stuff just, you know, be, you know, and I'm getting better at things and I can look back and learn from those experiences. Man, mm-hmm. if I would only check this or, uh, you know, I mean, if I would have put a vacuum gauge on this vehicle a long time ago, I, I would have found out that it had a valve train issue, mis- causing a misfire imminently. You know, I would have seen a dip in a, in a vacuum gauge, but I didn't do it. I was doing stuff the hard way or, or inexperienced way. Um, so I just, uh, I, I'm trying to t- turn some people I, in my circles onto your podcast, and I just got to tell these guys, listen, man, I, I don't, there's cars I don't fix. I mean, some, many times it's because of the money situation. I had one I walked away from the other day. I charged half of my normal diagnostic rate. I had found in, in one hour, I found 
uh, a corroded in half module. I found a broken CAN bus wire and um, a blown fuse on a Chevy truck that hasn't ran in, in years. Oh, it's like a, like an 08 Tahoe, and this thing's a this thing is rough. I mean, really yeah. rough. And everybody who's in your neighbor's been into this thing. Yeah, uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give you guys a deal. I'm only gonna charge you this much now, and I'm deciding to walk away. I usually don't do that. I mean, I've had oh. a few cars I have on camera that one I walked up to and I was about to quit, but I stuck with it and I got it going. Uh, but you know, boy, it's you know you don't. I, I don't want to see. You don't have to be a hero for everything. It's like I, I've talked to other people. That's a tough thing in my head. It's like, no, I have this ego. I want to be the guy that fixes the car. Yep. And, uh, yep. you know, it's sometimes it's not profitable for anybody to be messing around with certain things. And shops don't like to hear that. The owner of the vehicle doesn't want to hear that. But, uh, you know, I was just curious if uh, you had any take on that. Like, when do you e- yeah. walk away? Oh, no, I, I have... I'm definitely the same way where, you know, I'm presented with a challenge and I want to meet that challenge. And, you know, the, the solving of the puzzle is part of why I do this. And so, you know, either not taking it on or giving up on it, it's just like, uh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to give up on this. And it, like you say, it keeps you up at night. You're thinking about it. But I had a Toyota recently where I just had to be like, dude, like, there, there, like you said, there's been so many people in it and so many modules have been replaced and it was, it was just a disaster and there's wires spliced everywhere and it hadn't run in years. And I'm just like, I literally don't have the time to sort through all of this. Like it's, it's so much. And I, I actually offered him, I was like, if you tow it to my house and just leave me be with it, I'll eventually figure it out. But otherwise I don't have the time to run out here, spend two, three hours on it, come back two, three hours on it. Cause you're not going to like the bill by the end of it. And I, I physically don't have the time for it. So right. I don't know. I don't know where it went, but I, that was one I, I passed on. So you, you do have to know when to say no, especially if you're running a business and you want to be. <laughs> well, the, you, yeah. And that's the other thing too. It's like, you have to, I mean, whether you're a shop owner or certain jobs that maybe isn't the best fit for your shop. I mean, and uh, nobody, no shop owner likes to do that, especially if they're like some of my old bosses are like, no, we say yes to everything. You know, I'm like, oh, boy, you know, um, it's not our job to tell our customer the car is not worth it. I'm like, yeah, the lift is going through the floorboards. As I'm, you know, it's rocker panels are crunching as I put this thing up. There's nothing left, man. <laughs> but let's 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 do a ball joint and sell them mm-hmm. some struts, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's that's rough. Definitely challenging. Uh you know, I'm just. Th- I always think about all these different vehicles I've seen recently. I'm trying to put, ponder here. Hmm. Yeah, um, I had a uh, Charger the other day that was kind of interesting. Uh, I hadn't run into this before. Um, I, I've seen lots of mechanical misfires on Dodge engines, so that's not uncommon. Uh, this was a six four in a uh, Charger. Was it Charger? Charger, not a Challenger. Um, but it was the SRT version. So it was the big V8 and it had a, it had a dead miss once you started this thing up and they had done the usual coil plug injector swaps. Cause that's usually what they do before they call me. And I go in, I do the, uh, foot to the floor and crank it. And you could hear it right away that it was a dead hole compression. Okay. Well, let me at least figure out what it is. Um, and so, I went in cylinder and this is on cylinder eight, which is passenger side, back of the head. And I look at the waveform. Have you ever seen a waveform of a, like a GM or, or Chrysler where the cylinder shut down based on like the AFM, like where it stops valve movement? Yes, I have. 
Um, and it's 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 a it's a peak, and then it's a just a round portion at the bottom, and then another peak, and then a perfectly round portion. Mm-hmm. And then so I've seen this before, so I knew as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, these valves aren't moving. Neither one, neither the intake or the exhaust. I'm like, okay, well this must be because they have the MDS, they call it on mm-hmm. Chrysler. I was like, it must be an MDS problem. But I look, and cylinder number eight is not one of those cylinders. Okay. Hmm. It's, um, I forget the cylinders, but it's, it's not it's eight. Like I, th- I think it's four, six. Five, I don't even know. It's a couple on the one bank and a couple on the other. Yeah. I just was looking at one uh, the other day. I yeah. Forgot. And so I was like, well, that's really weird that, that I'd have both valves not moving on cylinder eight. Now here's the yeah. other thing too, depending on, cause you could crank it and you could actually get some compression out of it. And then once you got it started up, that's when it would drop. And then sometimes after it had dropped, it would continue to have no compression cranking. So it was kind of like in and out, like you could, you, but you could hear it at times, like that cylinder could make compression. Um, and then other times not, I was like, oh, that's really weird. Mm-hmm. So we looked at it, we looked at it, and what we ended up finding out was somebody had the head off of that side at one point or another for something. I don't know what. But the lifter assembly has four lifters for two, four, cylinder eight, and two, four, cylinder six. And it's in a carrier, plastic carrier. It's actually pretty similar to the GM engine, which those I've had, a, I've had apart a lot. The Chryslers, I've never personally taken one apart. Well, I guess... You can take this four-piece lifter assembly and you can flip it around and you can bolt it in there. Wow. So then cylinder six's lifters, which is a shutdown cylinder, end up on cylinder eight oh, and wow. vice versa. And so you get the oil pumping in there and it just shuts those <laughs> those lifters down. Wow. And the shop didn't know how this happened. They're like, it came in this way. They're like, okay, well. <laughs> wow, I never knew that that could be switched. I mean, I never had that apart either. I, I had I had no clue that you could do that, but I guess where there's a, a will, there's a way. So yeah, <laughs> you can get a big hammer, make it happen. Uh, I, I, I was at a shop that had replaced a it was a rebuilt engine or remanufactured engine Chrysler Dodge Ram, and this was the first time uh, since I started doing in cylinder that I came across uh, the active management messing up. And the shops are like, oh, it has compression and all this and that. And I'm like, well, I got my amp clamp. I, you know, I got a ramp on the uh, coil. I, I can see current on a coil. I got current to my injector. I'm like, well, those are going. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm assuming, I think, I, I don't remember if I could see the pintle open on an injector or not. But I'm like, yeah, that, that's working. They already swapped injectors around, so um, we know it's not that. And uh, I go in cylinder, and the guy was so adamant about coming over with his compression gauge. Look, I got 100 and whatever pounds. Okay, great. And I put my uh, WPS in there, wide open throttle, had what looked okay, didn't see anything going on, and sure enough, fire that thing, you know, let off the gas, uh, you know, uh, stop, clear, flood, go ahead and hit it. Boom, you got like four hits, boom, system turns on, uh, that that solenoid or something, and I didn't diagnose it past that point besides the point of saying you got a problem with that. And at the time, Sean, I told them they had a valve train problem, and uh, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't, I didn't even think about active management. I actually mm-hmm. went on uh, one of the Facebook groups, and I got my tail handed me real fast. You goofball! <laughs> this is don't you? Know? I'm like, oh, dude, I can't even believe I didn't think. I mean, I just just didn't even think about it, and uh, that's what it was: active management system or something solenoid sticking. Sure. Don't even know what side, but I got the. I still got the slow mo of the valve cover being off because you watch, you'd have some action. You watch the rockers go, but as soon as it developed oil pressure, boom, they just uh, stuck closed. Sure. 
like sure. sweet. But uh, you know, it's that's cool stuff. Uh, you know, being able to uh, have a better grasp of what these cars are doing—it just takes practice. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I I keep on telling myself I wish I had just a day just to play with, like, say, one car and do nothing else. I mean, just one car with my scope and you go in cylinder. We could play, you know, cam crank. We could scope out everything on it and just have that uh, just as practice but uh it never happens man it just never have enough time in a day right yeah uh, that's <clears throat> that's the thing it's uh there's so many things that i think we've had this chat before too there's so many things on your list of things to do oh, or that you want to get accomplished and uh <laughs> looking behind my shelf i got that whatever that tool is i heard you talk about the can bus tool i bought it but i never even hooked it up yet it's still sitting there i just haven't had yep. time i got so much stuff bro <laughs> uh, I mean, so many things I want to do. Um, I know there's a, a, a couple of technicians in the area might be putting together some scope day or some sort of day, just a shop day to get together in my area. Uh, it's not, not exactly my area, but not too far away, 30, 40 miles away, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be awesome uh, if we get some guys that want to hang out and learn and uh, shoot the breeze. And uh, you, you learn so much when you have uh, like-minded people together and, you know, sharing mm-hmm. what they're knowing. You know, hey, this is how I'm setting my scope up. Oh, why do you do it like that? Well, I always do it like this. And, oh, well, I've been doing it the hard way all this time, right? I mean, you know, uh, yeah. there's just so many fun things to learn like that. So I definitely, it. it's, it's a good time. Uh, boy, the mobile business is fun. I think uh, you're going to enjoy yourself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you already are, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for sure. And, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. Oh, I'm sure you're gonna kill it, man. It's gonna be good. Uh, do you have a lot of competition in your area for mobile guys? There is a uh, uh, a guy named Matt. He he runs uh, four or six vans out of the Twin Cities, which I'm about a half hour north of the city. So I'll, I'll go down there a little bit, but most of my stuff is north. Um, and he's very well established. He's been doing it for many years. Um, oh, cool. a, a super nice guy. Um. And so that would be my, that would be my main competition, but literally where I'm at North side of the twin cities, there's, there's nobody like you got to take it to the dealer. That's okay. it. And there's some locksmiths that run around, yeah. but programming, cool. there's nothing. So there's that. Um, and of course, you know, time changes everything, right? I'm not expecting to have a, you know, <laughs> be the only person in, in that market. Eventually, if there's a need, there's going to be more people, but, um, there's a there's a huge need for it right now i can say that and i don't uh you know they talk about the programming thing you know oh they'll do over the air programming and this and that and there's rap or remote programming and okay whatever but i don't see the the need for diagnostics going away anytime soon like yeah it'll always be that and i mean i'm sure there'll still be some programming too i mean the people that use the rap it it doesn't always work i mean it works a lot i mean i have a couple shops that use it a lot and they Mm -hmm. they love it and when they can't figure it out or if it gives them a problem they call me or whatever so Mm -hmm. um, you know there's also some mobile guys around that are doing some bad work in my area i mean i don't know how but uh, i mean they're making problems worse for customers like Mm. uh like how many times you see a timing chain go bad on a on a uh uh, 5.7 chevy like a 2000 uh (laughs) They don't go bad. <laughs> Never. <laughs> oh, man. This guy, poor guy. I, I get called out to program a computer. Uh-huh. And sure enough, the the old engine computer, you know, when the, those computers go bad, you can see daylight through them. You know, they, they swell up in half it's on true. those old Chevy yeah, vans. Yeah, yeah, They throw a computer in. Good good call. You need a computer because when it rains, it runs bad, right? Uh, put a computer in and program it. 
I, I can't really get it started. I mess around with them like, oh, hey, we're at here. It's Friday at five o'clock. Do you want me to come back next time? Whatever. <clears throat> well, they end up calling me back like almost two months later. And I guess the other mobile guy, I, well, I, I think I blew him off. I was, I was busy. I had too much programming jobs to do. So yep. they had another guy come out there. And I, I finally got the long uh, the story here. This vehicle was a no-starter. It went to the dealer. The dealer hung a crank sensor, ignition control module, you know, little, little ICM next to the coil and a coil on it. Didn't fix it. It went to another shop that hung an aftermarket distributor. Didn't fix it. It was at the shop. They put a computer in it. That's when I saw it, and it didn't fix it. They called the other mobile guy. He told him to put a timing chain on it. Didn't fix it. Then I get back. It had bad gas. I mean, you got a YouTube video showing bad gas. I didn't know the whole story then. So they flush the tank, do all this and that. And then I start the car up on brake clean. It's run kind of rough, but it, it was running. I'm like, hey, you got to at least get some good fuel in here. So they, they do it. They say they started up. They say it ran kind of not great, but it ran for like a couple days and it died again. So they call me back to look at it. And I go back and, you know, the last time I left, I thought it had bad fuel. So I'm like, I'm going to check the fuel because it probably didn't flush out the tank all the way. No fuel pressure. And I didn't really check into fuel pressure before. I just took a fuel sample and it was like brown. I'm like, and it didn't even yeah. light up. So I'm like, okay, what the heck's going on? Well, some knucklehead jammed her test light into a terminal on the primary side of the relay. I mean, it was spread bad. So I had to tweak the relay to get it in there. Start the car, it runs smooth, and then it starts misfiring, backfiring, chuggling, setting a P1345, I think, for the cam retard offset. And I can't get the offset right. It's it's a really no-name brand distributor. It's not even a – I don't. the boxes look like it's from eBay or something. Sure. Um, so I was like, you guys got to get a distributor on this. They say, well, it didn't need a distributor. It didn't need this. I'm like, well, they thrust the distributor from AC Delco, fired up. Perfect. Thing runs purrs like a kitten, man. But it's like how many – I mean, that, it's like this is terrible. It was yeah. bad gas in a bad computer. I mean, the computer was broken, I guarantee you. Uh, uh -huh. You know, uh -huh. but bad gas and bad computer all along. That's all we had, man. Wow. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> yeah, it's I see stuff like that. I mean, there's a couple people that are doing parameter or they're trying to do forward programming. They uh -huh. don't do a parameter reset. They'll just program keys, and the keys are in a cluster, and they replace the engine control module. I'm like, you don't need two keys, right? You just got to do a parameter reset. And right. They got, well, you know, a brand-new locksmith key, and they. I'm like, man, somebody's running around messing with dealer fleet mode, too. I don't know what that is. I still don't understand. You know, you ever see clear fleet status or yeah. fleet status? They're doing something, and it makes it so you can't do a security learn. I have to first go back into these cars, clear status, or um, huh. reinstate or whatever it is, turn it on, turn it off. It's it's a weird thing, and I've had like five or six cars in the past few months that I'm like, what the heck's going on here? Uh, actually, I said, no, five or six probably over the past year. It's been a while since I've seen one. Uh, but I'm like, what is this guy doing? Or maybe it's a girl. I don't know. So what's this person doing to these cars, man? <laughs> They're making it hard. You can't even do a security learn. You can't get it to go. Um, weird. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good information to look for that. I haven't run into that, but that's... Uh... <laughs> That's something to check for, for sure. Yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. I mean, you're yeah. doing awesome work. I hope you keep it up, man, because uh, I'm sure it takes a lot of time to take the time to interview people. It takes the time to edit it and uh, whatever. The, the but, interview, I don't, I don't ever feel like that's a burden on my time. I like this. I really enjoy this conversation, so this is well worth it. And the, yeah, the editing stuff—that's that's, that's yeah. a bit of a time-consuming thing, but it, it's. Um, it, you know, like I say, it's 
it's been valuable for me and I've, I've had response from other people saying it's valuable. So yeah, I'm going to keep on, keep on rolling with it because I, I enjoy doing it. So awesome. but thank you. Thank you for spending your time with me. Hey, really uh, thanks a lot it. for having me, Sean. I really appreciate yeah. it. Like I said, um, I'm making sure I tell everybody to listen to this uh, podcast because there's so much to learn. Uh, just, just from hearing other texts, man, you can learn so much. Uh, well, and uh, I'm going to do the same. Uh, once you just give a shout out for your, what uh, your, uh, sure. hands on. Uh, yeah. Hands on auto training is the, uh, website hands on auto training.com. Um, guys, there's some free resources up there. Not saying it's exclusive stuff, but there is some free stuff you can get to, uh, you know, links and st- different things. And also, uh, there's, uh, you know, the membership site. I try and keep it very auto- uh, affordable is the word, you know, it's very inexpensive. So, uh, I have some great stuff up there, the same stuff I teach. I got the YouTube channel too. Um, there's a lot of good stuff on YouTube too. Like, uh, like subscribe, I'd appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll put links in the show notes for all that yeah, stuff too. Thanks so. a lot, Sean. Okay, that's going to do it for today's episode. I want to give another big thank you to Brian for joining me on the show this week. Uh, Again, if you're interested, make sure to check out his YouTube and website. I have the links in the show notes. That's handsonautotraining.com. I also want to thank everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. But with that all out of the way, let's get out there and start fixing the world one car at a time.